0: Well, good morning. I don't know if we greeted one another yet, so, so everybody look around the room and wave at somebody. There you go. That's still greeting time in Corona land. You're not allowed to hug. <clears throat> All right, second thing is, we're going to greet one another with enthusiasm. Ready, one, two, three. Woo! Very good. All righty. So, uh, I, I had purposed for several weeks ago that I would be spending the month of May on the topic of identity, sort of answering the question, who are you, who am I, who, 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 this whole idea of understanding uh, identity, because I am one of those folks that over the years of ministry and, and even in my own life have come to the, uh, excuse me, I'm going out of frame a minute, all right, coming back, here we go, yes, okay, okay. Uh, They try to to zero in in between the stairs here sometimes so that uh, I don't look like a midget, but I am uh, on the screen. Who are you? Uh, One of the things that I've come to realize in my own life is is that my actions, my choices, my values, my priorities in life, these are all a result of the answer to the question, who are you? When when I understand in my own heart and mind my identity, then that sort of sets the the trajectory, the the, the path, and, and, and more purposefully, the value system and priorities of my life. What's important to me is based on who I am. And so last week I shared with you from the identity point is to understand who I am, I've got to know who God is. And so, so one of the things that I read from Deuteronomy 7 uh, verse 6 and following last week was it says, the Lord your God is God. And so what we have to understand is, is God is God and we're not. You don't get to be your own God. That's the sin of the garden. I get to choose what I want to do. I get to be what I want to be. I did it. Uh, my mama told me I could do anything I wanted to. Yeah, right. Okay, can I just go ahead and dispel that myth? Okay. See, I know, I have known for 50 years of my life that I belong to God. That little passage from Hannah and First and Samuel... Uh, I knew growing up, man, I was in the sunbeams, I was in the Sunday school, I was in church, and, and at eight years old, my mom shared the gospel with me, and I, I received Jesus as, as my Savior and Lord, and, and I have known that I belong to God. Yes, I'm Earl and Sharon's son, but I belong to God, and I've known that all my life, and I have actually known the times in my life when I chose contrary. To that identity I've known when I chose to step outside of God's will for my life you see and so so when we read uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 it says this for you are a holy people belonging to the Lord your God you belong to God in Christ we belong to God the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own possession out of all the peoples on the face of the earth and so, so the, 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 the sort of resonance of the Old Testament Deuteronomy passage, because I preached Deuteronomy 7 last week. So, so this week in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Like once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so you've got the resonance from the nation in the Old Testament to to the people of God in the New Testament. Yes, Jewish folks who have acknowledged Christ as Savior and Lord, but but we know throughout the New Testament that there is this, this acknowledgement and identification of the people of God as being the people of God, a people for His possession. And so in Christ, now here you go, let's go ahead and differentiate a minute. This morning in this room, it is a pretty safe assumption, but I don't want to get too safe with it. Everybody in here knows Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, the goal of this worship hour is for you to know Jesus, okay? You need to know Jesus. I don't care what you need in this world. If you need lunch, you need Jesus more, okay? If you need a new car, you need Jesus more. Okay? So we want you to know Jesus this morning. That's that's the key to all this stuff. Because if you don't know Jesus, you're not a part of this people of his possession. So so who am I? <laughs> Go ahead, you can ask that question of yourself. Who am I? And, and, and so what follows on that is is to whom? Remember last week I asked some of the kids and and I asked uh Some of the adults I say, who am I? And the answer keeps coming back, Pastor Bobby, Pastor Bobby, Pastor Bobby. You know what? If I go ask my son, Eli, who am I? Do you know he doesn't say Pastor Bobby? Did y'all know that? Eli will say, Dad. Right? That's what he says. If I go ask my wife, Angie, who am I? What's she going to say? Pastor Bobby. No. She's going to say, you don't want to know who I think you are right now. (laughs) That's what my wife's going to say. No. If I go ask my mama, Sharon Owings, who am I? She's going to say, you're my son. Or my dad, he's going to say, you're my son. If I go ask my sister, Melanie, who am I? She's going to say, you're my brother, right? So so the answer of who am I kind of is, is contextual, you know, in relationship. So then it becomes key to ask ourselves, who am I to God? Who am I before the throne of God? Who am I in the presence of God? Who am I when it really comes down to the eternal question of my identity? Did you ever play pretend? How many of you remember pretending? Right, remember? maybe maybe you uh, like like for us you know it was kind of like we we used to pretend uh, all right so every uh, let's see what was it what holiday was it? i think it was every new year's day we'd gather in our front yard because we had the best grass and we'd pretend to be nfl teams and we'd just kill each other it was really just kill the man with the ball we thought we were NFL quarterbacks and stuff, man. You know, right? Uh, we had a we had a playhouse in the backyard. I don't know if y'all know. My dad, uh, uh, you know, my sister got this playhouse when we were kids, and, and it really, sure enough, was a playhouse. This was not some construction of, of blankets in the living room. This 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 was a house with a porch. And real up and down windows and a door with a lock on it. And, and it was a fine built playhouse my sister got, right? And so, so she had a little table and chairs in there, you know, to kind of sit at and that kind of thing. Well, well, all the kids in the neighborhood, we had a trampoline in our backyard too. So all the kids in the neighborhood congregated at our house. And at night when the sun would go down in the summer months, which is like 8.30, you know, we would play this game called Jailer. I don't know if y'all know what that is. But the playhouse became the jail, and there'd be one person to be the jailer, and you'd have to capture everybody else and put them in jail, and then guard them as well as continue to capture people. So the key was is that you open the windows and escape out of the out of the playhouse, and if you escape, then then they got to catch you again. And we would play this for hours, pretend to be prisoners. Now this is not cowboys and engines or any of that. We were playing. Yeah, and so, Scott, thank you. You know, swing low, sweet chariot, you're all inmates. You're a captive audience this morning, all right? But you remember pretending, pretending to be another identity, pretending to be someone else, pretending that was sort of the, the thing in childhood is that, that, that we would, we would kind of take on another identity. We're going to, now, now I'm going to share this and, and only because he's not here, he lies over with the Voyager youth gathering this morning. And I remember... When I was pastoring at Pisgah Forest Baptist Church, I remember having Eli uh, at the church building with us one time, and 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 um, the, uh, the 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 uh, youth ministry director's little girl was there. They were about the same age, and and so so um, I, I came down the hallway and I heard something going on in one of the Sunday school rooms, right? And uh, and my son was standing on a chair behind the thing, and I said, "What are y'all doing?" And they said play in church, right? So 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 we 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 know that there there is a there are other identity markers, right? You can pretend to be somebody you're not even as adults. As a matter of fact, I know folks who 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 live out these roles almost to the point where they're just role playing that you never know the real person. So here's the challenge for us y'all. When we sit with the body of Christ this is not a game. We don't pretend to be godly. We don't pretend to be something that we're not. What we do is we bow and surrender to the identity of God's possession. Listen to what it says again. But you are a chosen race. Now Yes, there's going to be the understanding that he's referring to the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, the the Jewish race, and yet we know from Paul's writings as well that in Christ there is no Jew or Gentile slave or free. Right? So, so, So there is a new category of identity. And when we look out into the world, we see racial strife and all that sort of stuff. Can I tell you something? The body of Christ rises above all of that. We don't engage in that. Forgive me, I can't use the word. Okay? We don't get out there and engage in that. We are God's people. We are the possession of Christ. And we don't go out there into the world and and, and play the, the us and them kind of thing. We want everybody to know Jesus. And so, so so who are we? You see, we are God's chosen. We are his people. We are his possession. We we belong to God. Now this morning, if you don't belong to God, what the Bible describes is you're lost. Go further than that, and I'll be Baptist for just a second. Here you go. You ready? You're bound for hell. If you're lost, you're bound for hell. There's no other truth. Okay? There's only one way to God, and that's Jesus. Okay? Just want you to know that. So who are you to God? Are are you that wandered, the one who who hasn't received that salvation that God's offered you? Maybe maybe you've received that salvation, but you're still rebellious. Man, that's just straight-up disobedience. Okay. Who am I to God? You know what? I, I can recall. I remember. Uh, I've told y'all this story before a long time ago, but, but the, the car that my mom and dad subjected me and my sister to when we were uh, at our worst was, um, was a Chevy Vega, the back seat. So we fought in the back seat of the Chevy Vega. Okay? Now, here's what would happen. They wouldn't stop the car and take us out and beat us then. I know, people always frown when I say my parents beat me. My parents never beat me. A, a spanking was called for on many occasions. But but they'd say, when do you get home, right? Well, see, I knew what was coming. I knew what to expect. I knew that my father... Was going to apply some correction to the situation. Okay? So, so as children of God, are you the one knowing that you're not obeying and recognizing that correction's coming? See that? Who am I to God? Well, here, let me let me go ahead and just give it to you. He is your heavenly Father. And He does love you no matter what. But because He loves you, He will correct you. Okay? So then then what kind of flows out of the identity that we have in Christ is, is who am I to everybody else? Um, Here you go. This is the phrase I wanted to key on for this. So that you know what so that means? That means something's coming. I mean, mean, uh, Peter has already written that this is who we are so that what? What is the so that? What is it that God expects to see in you? So that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What are you? You are a proclaimer. Of the good news. You are a proclaimer of the praises of God. You are a proclaimer of this identity that we have in Christ. When you get out in the world out there. Do people see you are a proclaimer of Jesus stuff? Uh, of, of God things? Do they see you as one who acknowledges your identity in Christ? Or do you keep your Christianity along with your membership cards in your wallet? Do, 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 do others see Jesus in your life? You see, the who am I question, the who am I question defines what's important to you. Okay? The who am I question says, all right, what, what what's my first priority? The who am I question answers, what's my priority? Highest value. What's most important to me? Okay, because I'll be honest with you. I mean, uh, I've gotten my values messed up from time to time. I've disregarded my identity in Christ from time to time. I've put Bobby on the throne of his life from time to time. You see, in in, in such a way that when I do that, here's what happens. I become my own God, the idolatry in that, and I choose what pleases me. Okay? Now, say a word, just sort of a caveat in this. I grew up in a Christian home. My mama, I used to believe my mama had a a hotline to God. If my mama prayed, man, God was paying attention. But guess what I discovered later? (laughs) If I pray, God's paying attention. Okay? But man, the way my mom would pray. I've told y'all before. I grew up in one of those houses that was very Baptistic. We had the home life. How many of you remember home life? Home life. Yeah, see, about four of you. Thank you. <laughs> Home Life was that little Baptist, um, family magazine. And in the back, they had like 30 days of devotionals or a couple paragraphs, you know, and a little Bible verse and a prayer. And, and we would gather around my sister's bed and, and we'd open that thing up. And either my dad or my mom would read from the Home Life magazine. And, and, and then we would pray around the bed and here's the way the prayer went my sister who's three and a half years younger than me she would pray first and she didn't pray long thank you um and it was my turn to pray and i didn't pray long either and then my dad would pray and and I, i confess my dad didn't pray long either my mom would pray oh man i can't tell you how many times i fell asleep while mom was praying Oh, mom would pray and pray and pray. But but here you go. Here's the testimony. Let's say 50 years later. Here's the testimony of my life. I heard my mom and daddy pray around the bed at night. Folks, pray together. Maybe, maybe, maybe your kids are already gone or maybe you don't have kids. Maybe your kids are there. Man, pray together. Get your family together and pray. Let your kids see and hear prayer. Okay? I, I can't tell you. All right, so I'm on. I'm not going to embarrass anybody personally, but I will embarrass us as a gender. I can't tell you how many men tell me well, I don't pray out loud. You know what? When I hear you pray man or woman, husband, wife, father, daughter, father, mother, daughter, brother, whatever, when we pray together out loud, it gives us insight into people's relationship with God. Pray, folks. Pray together. Pray with one another, okay? See, that's relationship in the body of Christ. all right? So who are you? You know what? It'd be a cool thing if 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 when when I get old and well, that's relative, right? Uh, when I when I get older <clears throat> to hear my son answer the question, who is he? I mean, when I'm not Pastor Bobby anymore, when I'm not the preacher, who will my son, the one who has seen me all of his life, who will he say that I am? See? Will will Eli be able to say, my daddy loves God. My daddy used to pray. My daddy reads his Bible. My daddy lives what the Bible teaches. See, here's what I know he won't say. He's not going to say, that's my mama. Okay? But today's Mother's Day. And I just want to give a tribute to moms. Some of you are moms. Some of you aren't. I've had more moms than I can count. Now, Sharon is my mom-mom, but I have lived from New Orleans to Baltimore. And in every place I've ever lived, there's been somebody there that mothered me, took care of me. There's a lady down in New Orleans. Her name is Wanda Boucher. Sounds New Orleans, doesn't it? She used to make something called tater tot casserole. Let me tell you all something. You might laugh at tater tots. But man, when she'd put that stuff together in a casserole, when I was coming to dinner on Sundays, oh, Mama Wanda. Wanda. So maybe you're not a mom, but you can be a mom to somebody. Love the people around you. Be that to people around you, okay? Who are you? Are you a proclaimer? Right? A proclaimer of His praises. A proclaimer of the One who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Let your life, let your identity Be that proclamation. It all starts with Jesus, folks. It all starts with Jesus. Pray with me. Father, thank You for today and thank You for knowing me better than I know myself. Thank You, God, for loving me in spite of me. God, this morning we want folks to know Jesus. We want people to follow Jesus. We want people to 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 receive salvation in Christ as, as, as Morning Glory saying, the, uh, the blood. God, thank you for loving us enough that Jesus died on the cross that we might have salvation. God, help us to be the people you called us to be. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.